this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 1030 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. say that when I got here this morning, I read my sermon to Zach, and he said it was too short. But between <laughs> me, Bill, and Zach, I'm going to get you to watch the fastest. So <laughs> you can decide who's side you're on. Uh, we'll be in Luke chapter 9, starting verse 10. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. Then, taking them along, he slipped quietly into a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him and welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions. For we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. And what was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Starting off, I think there are two really striking moments in the story other than the miracle itself. The first one being when Jesus and the disciples slipped quietly into the city. The disciples have returned from their mission, and Jesus is in the process of grieving the death of John the Baptist. And so they're trying to avoid confrontation. I know that feeling all too well, and I'm sure most of you do as well. Staying up too late the night before and trying to slide my way through interactions where if I have the capacity to uphold a decent conversation. The second most striking thing to me is when the disciples suggest sending the people away and Jesus responds, you give them something to eat. Whenever I read that, I hear my grandmother's voice in almost perfect clarity, you give that boy something to eat. (laughs) This strikes me because it's very assertive, spoken in a way that I don't think I typically associate with Jesus. He calls out the disciples on their stuff. They continue to want to make excuses on why they can't feed the 5,000 plus people. Oh, we don't have enough food, and we certainly don't have enough money to buy food for all these people. This is the moment when we realize who the story is for, the disciples. My favorite thing about the disciples has always been that they're realistic. I've always connected with them because in every sense, they represent the human reaction to Jesus' work. I know the point is that I'm almost supposed to see the disciples as a kind of opposition to Jesus and go, oh yeah, you show them, Jesus, you prove them wrong. But I'm not always there. I can almost feel myself standing there just thinking the exact same things that they are. The problem can't be solved, and we finally hit the ceiling. This week, prepping for VBS, I was where the disciples were. It felt like everything that could go wrong was going wrong, and there was just a huge laundry list of problems that we would never be able to solve. 
by the end of the week, the problems that once seemed insurmountable were memories. Everything fell into place. We got proven wrong. And no matter how many times we get proven wrong, we still want to remain doubtful that Jesus has the power to guide the situation towards resolution. An important thing to remember, though, in this story is that Jesus, like the disciples, was tired. He was in the middle of grieving the loss of John the Baptist, and you have to remember he was also in the crowd trying to sort of quietly into the city. So what makes his response to the crowd different from that of the disciples? My initial thought process is that Jesus feels obligated to feed these people. He may be tired, but you got to do what you got to do. However, let's go back to the line, you give them something to eat, and contrast that with the next time Jesus speaks. He's much more calm and collected when instructing the disciples how to organize the crowds. And that's when we learn that Jesus isn't fueled by obligation, but by passion to help others. It's that goal that we always have to keep in mind, whatever situation we might be in. I love the idea that only five loaves of bread and two fish fed thousands of people, because it is such a direct representation that no matter how small our resources may seem or how small we may seem, when we work through passion and not obligation, there's a much larger potential we have to assist others. When we are tired or we are weak, that may just be when our greatest challenge wants to come along and try to tear us down. And if we give in, it might. But Jesus shows us that even at our lowest point, we still have a choice to look at things as an impossible hurdle or as an opportunity to keep pushing, to display kindness. Because spreading the love of Christ through our actions is something that is worth doing, no matter how many times we have to get back up. Amen.